So, John, if you could write a song about any normal part of your day-to-day life, what would you do? I mean, I have. I mean, you've heard my Happy Wanking song. What? <laughs> my Happy Wanking song, you know. I've not heard a Happy Wanking song. Do you want to hear the Happy Wanking song? I could do with some context. <laughs> what, what more context do you need? Well, sing the song. I'm not, I don't actually have a song. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you were making a joke. I was making a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, a podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry and joining me as always is John. Hello. And we're in Glasgow this week. Oh, the horror. Oh, <laughs> God. Uh, we're, we're crossing over with another podcast called... What are you talking about? It's <laughs> the very clear one, is it? What are you talking about? <laughs> um, yeah. So we're joined by Ross and Laura. Hello. Thank you guys. Hello there. Uh, thank you guys for having us on. Yeah, thank you. No, anytime, anytime. Um, and we've asked you to choose the film this week. Um, and conveniently, actually, because this is coming out uh, a couple of days before the Oscars come out, you've picked an Oscar film from last year. Yeah. So this week we're doing La La Land. An amazing film. Mm-hmm. Genuinely one of the best Oscar nominated films I can think of. Yeah. I honestly think it's wonderful. It's well, beautiful. Yeah. I think. It's, I think it's, like the way it's filmed. Like I cannot think of a more gorgeous film to look at mm-hmm. than La La Land. Maybe, maybe John would disagree. Some people disagree. <laughs> no, no, that's very fair. I mean, yeah. So when did you did you guys first see La La Land then? I actually never seen it in the cinema. Okay. I, I had a friend Lauren uh, who told me about it, and I was like, "I'll give it a go." And I, I watched a <clears throat> legal uh, stream of it, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> I loved it. It's just like the entire thing. Like I thought it was so good. The opening number is what totally got me in, and I've watched it maybe nearly a dozen times since. I think oh, it's God. just lovely. <laughs> Are you the same? Are you that enthusiastic about it? Or? So I first watched it around uh, about two months ago. Okay. So I avoided it uh, for a, a long, a long time, and um, because a lot of people were like, "Oh, it's so amazing!" And you ever get one of those movies that like people build it up so much that you're then like, "I don't want to watch it and be really disappointed and be the only person that doesn't like La La Land." And then it was like, um, my friend was like, "You need to watch it," and it's on Netflix, so it mm. was a legal um, version to watch. And um, we were, I was just sitting watching it, and I was like trying not to cry in front of my friend because he like judged me. <laughs> sound very emotional but yeah i was like that's it's actually amazing i'd just seen um the greatest showman so i was kind of ranting about that like seeing how good it was and someone was like if you like the greatest showman then you need to watch la la land and i was like i mean it has been like a year since it's been (laughs) released so it probably it should come about but um, i'm a really big fan like emma stone so Mm -hmm. i like i really like her movies so that i need to watch it but overall like i wouldn't even just say it's emma that like i like it like about it because mm-hmm. we did a podcast about it and I feel like we're yeah, both just done, like ah oh, love 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 well we done our most recent episode about La La Land uh-huh. and um, <clears throat> I think that Ryan Gosling is just phenomenal I think Emma Stone's great in it I actually think Ryan Gosling should have got the Oscar yeah I don't necessarily when I look at it think I don't know why I prefer Ryan Gosling's like performance in it but Emma Stone's great in it but I'd go Ryan Gosling should get it I 
think Ryan Gosling's phenomenal in it. And for what he's done before as well, it's such a different role for him to play. Like, he had to learn the dancing, he had to learn the piano. Whereas Emma Stone, I think, I'm I'm sure I'd read she came from that kind of background. She came yeah, from she a musical theatre kind of background. So I, th- I just think it's more impressive to see Ryan Gosling in that role than, than it is Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. You say there's nothing here. Well, let's make something clear. I think I'll be the one to make that call. What's your call? And though you look so cute in your polyester suit. It's wool. You're right. I'd never fall for you at all. I'm frankly feeling nothing. Is that so? Or it could be less than nothing. Good to know, so you agree. That's right. What a waste of a lovely night. One problem I had with this film was that the singers couldn't sing. <laughs> whoa, whoa, oh, whoa, whoa. So La La Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry, this is in La La Land now. Yeah, the singers yeah. were not terribly talented singers. Well, in my opinion. Have you you've watched the edition scene with Emma Stone? Yeah, no, that's great. No, she actually, she's okay. For me, like, if you, if you take away Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, even like the the opening scene, the opening right. scene of this film. John, so, I, th- I, th- I think you're not saying what you mean there. I've heard you talk about this. Okay, it's not that they're bad singers. You said it's bad mixing. There, there's, there's, so, that's an issue. There's a lot of bad sound mixing. That I so here. we, me and Laura, discussed this in a recent episode. You cannot understand what we're singing. Yeah, and exactly. Yes. Song, yes. Mm-hmm. Right, and as much as I love this movie. I don't know what she's singing. She says something about Santa Fe, mm. and and then I'm like, I, I I don't know what you've said before that. I don't know what you said and after. We're seeing how like frustrating it is because what's so annoying about um the opening sequence is like, as a musical kind of lover, you want to be able to watch a movie or listen to a soundtrack and kind of like sing along to it. Blah blah blah. I don't know what they're saying, so you're just yeah. like. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Da, da. Like that is it because I'm like it's the only little tune that you know because it um is and it's another day of sun. That's the that's only, the only line. line I could yeah, take out. Yeah, exactly, same, it's same. the only bit like you can be like, oh, that's it's because it's in the title probably because yeah. even if it probably wasn't there, you wouldn't know what they're saying. But yeah, she's like sitting at the car and she, you know she's having a little moment to herself and you're like, I'm sure think, this moment's I think beautiful. I, could, but I have um, no idea. I think I could do it. What? That's it. Yes. And who'd have thought that? Now who'd have been that girl who saw something to never happen? And I know what I had to do. <laughs> no, you know what I thought. Something like that. That's how. That's how that's, I might. Like whenever I watch it, was like I was watching the film yeah. right there. <laughs> The people who are in the ca- traffic jam they mm. they get out the cars and sing this big production number they're dancing on the cars and as you say but it's so muddy the sound and you can't understand a word that they're singing mm-hmm. and it's like it the also other thing is like it's such a production like yeah. it's it's huge it must have cost them a fortune like they've got all these extras and it looks great and it, the first girl who sings is she sounds like a bad britney spears impersonator right like she has no <laughs> voice whatsoever and it's why why would you open on such a weak voice right it's do really you weird. do, do you un- I, I took me a while it was just there when i was sitting listening to you that it clicked mm. why they done that 
was because they didn't want it to sound like it was a pre-recorded soundtrack, like something like Hairspray. Sure. They wanted to sound more natural, mm. but the mixing people have obviously got it wrong and have mm. made it kind of indistinguishable from the kind of traffic sounds. But I get why they tried to do it. It just didn't come off. doesn't mean I don't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It just frustrates me a little when I watch it. That's mm. what I would say. Like, Yeah, yeah. it was the biggest problem for me. I mean, it seems like I have people expecting me to hate this film. It's not that I hated this film. I thought there's a lot of this film that's really good. But I wished it would just be a musical. Because it, in so many ways, it was a musical. Because it did have the big production numbers and the big sets. And it was very filmic. It didn't feel very naturalistic at all. Yeah. Which I loved. But then, if you're going to do that, why then combine that with people who aren't particularly strong singers why not have big show tunes i was so yearning for hugh jackman in this film <laughs> I, really were, in fact, I was gonna ask because i've listened to one of your previous episodes and i've heard that you do a dead-on hugh jackman <laughs> so i actually wanted to request would you please sing you can pick any song from this film and sing it is in the style of hugh jackman <laughs> yes oh right, my Evan. god right, yes. I'll do it. I'll, i know what i'll do already yeah. i'll do a set of stars as great hugh jackman, yeah. right Hold on, let me let me practice for you, Jackman. Fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Okay. City of stars, I shine just for me. City of stars, there's so much that I can see. Who knows? I've heard it from the first embrace I shared with you. Then now our dream may finally come true. That was funny. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. yes thank so yeah. So that would be better. <laughs> I mean, I don't say that would be better. I gave you a scene about the signal thing. I like how the two actors aren't major like oh they're a singer mm. like you see things like things like hairspray and all that like zach efron had done like you know your like your musical high school musicals um he's also been in like other kind of like singy kind of he's done the great showman etc so he can sing to an extent mm. and kind of that's the same with every kind of musical like that kind of comes out whereas you listen to emma stone and i don't think emma stone has the best voice no. it's very Ooh, soft see, I disagree. it's very i'm not saying it's not good but she's not the strongest singer that I've ever heard in a musical. I feel like in the audition, sorry, since in the audition scene, she's great. She really do, then she starts belting. But in the yeah. the love scene, the Oh What a Lovely Night or What a Waste of Lovely Night song, that's when it really strikes me. These two people are not natural singers because she's so like, well, they both are, but she's so reedy. She's both like, is that so? And yeah, it kind of, there's no that, power yeah, behind that, it at all. That's like, how the song is uh, has been composed, though. Fair enough. That's not, yeah. that's not but I, I, I think it gives a more, right, so just off the back, I'm not the best singer. But like it gives you hope of being like you don't need to. Wow, (laughs) you don't need to be an amazing singer to get at like a part like that. And I think the same for like Ryan in that sense as well. Like he doesn't have the strongest male voice Mm. either. But together it sounds beautiful, Mm -hmm. and it's like really soft, really airy, kind of this natural, organic kind of thing that they have together, which I like about it. That's what I. Like personally, I it's obviously a choice that they've made. I think it's yeah. a choice you're yeah. going to appreciate uh-huh. or not. Yeah. I, th- I think it's a very naturalistic choice they've made. I think it's a uh, because in real life, you don't have two beautiful people that have this story, and mm. oh, just do you know what they can happen to sing? Yeah. Ryan Gosling is competent at singing. Mm. He can do the tune. He can do City of Stars. Mm-hmm. He can fucking pick up the jazz piano six hours a day for. 
three months, blah, blah, blah. Boom, he's an expert. I think with Emma Stone, it's the same thing. It's like, she's competent, she can do that. And I think that's what makes, makes it really kind of real for me. It's like, see if they were amazing belt and singers, I would go, I don't, I don't have any relation to that. So it humanises them, do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think it totally humanises them. I'm like, I, I wouldn't have any, I wouldn't have any connection with them if they yeah. were both hitting these top A's or top C's yeah. and I would go, oh my God, that's amazing. I would go, well, that's fucking boring me, actually. Mm. But the fact it's like down in ranges, like when they do City of Stars as uh, the both of them together and they do the harmony, Ryan Gosling's down going, City of Stars. Where in, yeah. in, a, in a movie, movie musical, it would be like, City of Stars, how you shining <laughs> just for me. Yeah. I like, I like that it's just kind of raw. I like that it's not amending it to go, do you know what, actually we're going to double over you and do this. I like yeah. that. I think that's to be commended by mm-hmm. Damien Chazelle. Yeah. I think he's gone, do you know what, we've got the perfect people for the roles. We don't have to change the roles for them. We'll, like, oh, we don't have to change them for the roles. We'll just go yeah. with it. Yeah. I think that's to be commended. What was the debate that we had on our podcast? And Was it the dinner scene? And you were like, Emma is in the wrong. Yeah, yes. Emma's in the wrong. Yeah, so yeah. the scene where um, Ryan um, says to Emma, like, can you, you know, come with me? I'm going away. Um, just bring your, your show to me. And she's like, well, no, because it's in a week yeah. and I need to rehearse in the studio. Who was in the right? That whole conversation was baffling to me. Right. Like, one big problem I had with him was I felt like he was super entitled. He was like so, such an entitled character. Yeah, but rightly. No, I just Whoa, you're on my side, John. Just... Thank you so mean, John, a pal. <laughs> okay, so, so here's the thing. So he loves jazz, clearly, and he thinks he's the saviour of jazz. And then he gets this gig with John Legend that pays him a... F- oh, it's probably paying him a lot of money. It seems like they're famous It's fans. only $1,000 a week. It's not a massive... It starts at that, but you think, like, the tour in the world, he must be making more. I don't know. Mm. I mean, people's finances in this film will get to. Yeah. I mean, I'm <laughs> assuming that he's I'd accommodations like paid for as well. For yeah. as well. Like, I'd like to talk about that. That but doesn't like, make sense. It's, there's a scene... I, the scene... One of the many scenes was like, I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> is when he's sat in the rehearsal space with John Legend, who is a, an amazing singer. And they're, play- they're playing, and he's playing an instrument. He's getting to play. It's not like he's doing Bar Bar Black Sheep again in the, in the club. <laughs> yeah. He's getting to play the piano. But then they put some pre-recorded drum loops in, and he, and he looks like someone stabbed him in the gut. He's like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's not like you're playing with Britney Spears. You know what I mean? Like, like that, If they'd done that, it'd be like, oh, I've taken a gig with this talentless pop singer, and all I'm doing is just doing bleep, bleep, bloop, bloop, and it's just yeah, as bad as being in the club. Fine. But no, he's in a band that is reasonably musical, and you know maybe it's not the his exact favorite kind of music, but that would mm-hmm. probably fund him to do. But it was the entitlement of like I, it, his constant attitude of I'm above this, I'm better than this made me hate him. Right, I, di- I didn't. He's I a di- very hateable character. Yeah. That was See, I don't think he's a hateable character. I understand his uh, intentions, but mm. when it comes to the the band thing, I'm like, you're so wrong. Mm. Start a fire is probably one, two, maybe top three. The best songs in this film. You know what the best song on this. You know what the best song on this entire film is. Take on me. That is a classic (laughs) fucking pop song. (laughs) Don't act like you're above Take on me, bitch. (laughs) Don't give me City of Stars when you're singing Take on me. Take me. Exactly. We can't afford that song, so don't sing too much. <laughs> <laughs> it's all broken up. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't oh, my, my Mac says, Garage Band has detected feedback. It does not like your voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, no more Keep it low, Ross. Low. Hello there. Hugh Jackman doing take on me. I've got a question. Mm-hmm. Do you think 
it's actually just a physical attraction to each other that drives this movie because they don't have any similar interests. I but think 100%. They yeah. both kind of fancy each other. Yeah, really. I, I think that's, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It, de- um, it definitely is, I think. I mean, it's certainly not a bad thing. No, no, it not happens. at all, but... I, th- I feel like they've got interests that complement each other. Yeah. Mm. I think they're both very career-driven. That's yeah. what I would say. Mm. I they're both she... very career-driven, perhaps too career-driven mm. to have a relationship together. Yeah. Mm. And Definitely. we can probably assume that Emma Stone's boyfriend at the end is not so career-driven. Yeah, and so just like, I didn't. I didn't yeah, like I guess him. I'll marry you. Yeah. I don't have anything better to do. So romantic, yeah. I feel like, like Ryan Gosling sees her as a project. It's like, oh, I'm going to fix you. I'm going to like mm. teach you about jazz and stuff. And I think, yeah, because they're both kind of slightly, like, I think they're attracted, not necessarily, not necessarily like massive sexual attraction, although I do think they have good chemistry. I, I saw it as more of like them both being dreamers and they're both being, they're uni- united by the fact that they both have these dreams that they're chasing. And they're not the same dream, but they can relate to each other on the fact that they both have these dreams. And that's why they, they disappoint each other. Because I feel like they both see a reflection of themselves in the other. Yeah. So when he compromises his music career, she become, she takes it quite personally because she says, well, well, the only reason I was attracted to you is because you had this passion for jazz. Uh-huh. And then he's kind of the same way. He's like, well, you can't give up on your dream of acting because you're a dreamer and how can you settle? And it's like, and that, they actually say like, well, you settled, you're just an actress. You don't love everything you do. Yeah. So I feel like it's, yeah, I think that they're both basically narcissists who just see reflections of themselves in mm-hmm. each other, basically. And at the same time, like people are trying to set them up with people. Like yeah, yeah. the sisters try to set Ryan mm. Gosling up with like whoever and he's like, no, blah, blah, blah. Does she like jazz? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then uh, obviously her f- friends you never see um, are like, come to this party and talk to this guy. And she gets stuck with a guy that's so boring. And she's like, oh, like, you know, walk me to my car. And then it starts to be this whole kind of like, fantasy kind of rose tinting glasses kind of thing like mm. whereas they're like oh my god we're so caught up in just being like mm. we're so passionate about what we want to do and this could be like it's the whole it's a la la land it's they're living, they are living in, a in complete, la la land yeah, yeah completely li- they live in a la la land for like a majority of their relationship until mm. like reality hits them are going our careers do not coexist with each other mm-hmm. yeah. like i can't stay in the one place in a jazz club where you need to travel like acting can take you anywhere whereas he's gonna have to like literally stay in the one place he can't take a jazz club around anywhere yeah. and it's if you want to make mm. time for each other or that was my place. biggest disappointment in the movie actually is that it didn't have the courage of its convictions it took the it gave them such an easy way out because initially i thought it'd be really interesting if actually her play did just fail like you know because she does the play mm. And like five people turn up and then she, she hears people saying, oh, that was crap. Mm-hmm. And then she's cra- she's like, you know, this this is too hard. And then it, it's the same with him. Like he wants to open a jazz club, but like, there's no interest there particularly. He doesn't have the money for it, et cetera. Yeah. He has to compromise. And he has to compromise by joining this like funk, this pop band, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then it's like they both get this like magical kind of fit. It's like, oh, actually magically, fairy godmother waved her magic wand. And there's actually a, a woman and a cast agent who in the was in the play which she thought was brilliant yeah. so I was like well was it brilliant was it crap I've had both but like uh-huh. and then she gets to be gets a, like a golden ticket to Hollywood and he gets obviously at some point in the five year gap he gets to open his club and wow it's a huge success wouldn't it be more interesting if they both did actually have to as most actual human beings do and I know it's a fantasy it's a romantic fantasy wouldn't it be more interesting though if they had both actually had to come up to that point that we all get to in our lives where we have to actually have to meet when the dream has to meet reality and you have to be like you know okay maybe i'm not going to be this but i can still have a meaningful life by compromising like maybe maybe i go to messengers yeah maybe if he goes to paris with her does jazz in paris maybe it's not la and that's you can do that or maybe she's not going to write a woman woman show maybe she's never going to be a movie star but maybe she can find 
a happiness as a writer or backstage or you know something like that. I just yeah. felt like it it gave them so much of an easy way out at the end that I, it didn't ring true to me. It was like suddenly all happy ever after. Yeah. Why did you come here? Because I have good news. What? Amy Brandt, the casting director. She was at your play, and she loved it. And she loved it so much that she wants you to come in tomorrow and audition for this huge movie that she's got. I'm not going to that. I'm not going to that. What? That one's going to be, no, that one's going to be. I'm sorry? That will kill me. Before we get to drinking games, I do just want to quickly go around. Uh, what was your favorite scene in the movie? I think my... Uh... My favourite scene is the dinner scene, the apartment scene where like she comes into the apartment and he's there, and she he isn't meant to be there like, and he's cooking a dinner, and he's he's like gets surprised she comes back and I just think it's such a well acted scene, I think it's just so, it's so naturalistic the conversation I think it's like, oh well, how long you seen with this band and blah 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 and blah 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 and it's a bit of back and forth and although it's kind of chop 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 when you look at it. Like, I think it's so so nice to admire and there's not many scenes in the movie like that I can think that are that easy to watch the other scenes in the movie are like there's a number oh that's a musical number oh that's is that lead into a musical number oh that's a bit mm, <laughs> don't like that I think that's one of the only scenes in the movie where you think oh that's a really enjoyable to watch actually do you like the music you're playing? I don't I don't know what what it matters. Well, it matters because if you're going to give up your dream, I think it matters that you like what you're playing on the road for years. Do you like the music I'm playing? Yeah. I do. I just didn't think that you did. Mine is like for a completely different reason. Uh, my favourite scene is when uh, she does the audition at the very beginning. She starts crying and mm. uh, she gets walked in on with the, like she's in her moment on yeah. the phone. Mm. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she's standing mm. there. Like, I think probably only because I do acting, I've had that, like, literally moment when you're so caught up and, like, this scene and you're really in it and someone, like, gets up to go to the toilet and you're like, are you joking? Like, <laughs> I'm actually, like, crying and, you know, putting my heart on the line here and trying to show you my best and someone, like, totally comes in and ruins it. I think that addition within a, an addition, that yeah. acting within acting is amazing and she just gets into that scene and I was starting to like fill up and then she goes outside and there's all these people that look like Emma Stone yeah actually amazing the amount of auditions I've been and you think you're so unique and you're one in a million and then you go to an audition and there's like a five foot two brunette and you're like wow you're me and what age are you I'm 22 and you know I've just graduated and blah 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 and you're like wow there is so many of me (laughs) so I don't know I just think uh this movie, which I keep saying it's quite repetitive, but like I connect to it, I, like and relate to mm. it, and I kind of different level. So there's all these great kind of chemistry moments with like Ryan and uh, Emma in it, but that scene in particular, I just like I really enjoy watching, and I do actually have an emotional connection to a storyline that has nothing to do with La La Land. Mm-hmm. It's a little snippet mm. of her auditioning for this movie, and she's on the phone here, and you know the person that she's obviously, um, kind of wanting to have a relationship with or whatever. And he's told her something. You don't know what it is, but it is the most hurtful thing mm. that you could get told. Mm. And within a split second, you can totally see it in her face. It's like, 
Wait, what? It, it's, it was like, whoa, she's really good. <laughs> yeah. No, that was, I would agree. I'm going to jump in because I had the exact, that was my favourite as well. The audition scenes for me were the best part of the movie. And that's, I think, where Emma Stone earned her Oscar because she is phenomenal in all of those audition yeah. scenes. She's mm-hmm. so, so good. And it shows that you can be so talented, but as you say, the competition's so high that it's sometimes it's not even about you. Yeah. I will say the last one, and it is one of the best scenes in the film, don't get me wrong, where she does the Here's to the Fools Who Dreams song. Mm-hmm. I did find that quite funny because like she walks into the audition and they're like tell us a story and then she's like she starts telling the story and then she bursts into this massive song and this massive big and the, the orchestra swells and it becomes this big number I really wanted like a hard cut midway through where suddenly there's no orchestra there's no music it's just her singing this song and they're all like whoa you totally missed the mark there uh, yeah. <laughs> you to tell us a story not give us a show tune bitch <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Because I think we were saying that about um in our in our podcast there, we're like <laughs> Ross's girlfriend doesn't understand why they like they keep bursting into song, and we're like, yeah. but she's not actually singing. Like that would be hard. That, That's how they uh, explain and express. But, so my girlfriend was like, I just I don't think it's very realistic they keep singing. But as a girl who loved Great Showman, as a girl who loves Les Mis in the, the movie version, I'm like, right. So she gets into that audition and she isn't actually going, my aunt lived in Paris once. She lived without looking. She's not doing that. She's telling them the story, but the way it's come through in the film is to make it more interesting, they put it as a song. But if she auditioned for that, she didn't actually sing mm-hmm. and she just doesn't understand it. And I'm like, well, I, I don't understand what you cannot what you cannot fathom through it like yeah it's conveyed to you through a song so you go oh that was different that was interesting and she's like don't get it why is she singing I don't why is she singing <laughs> I'm like, oh my god she's singing just because just because <laughs> you know what? It. she is singing do you know what she is singing get over it like leave it it's not a big deal and i think that's maybe why some people don't like this film because they don't understand why they're singing in it So like, Harry, what was your favourite scene? Mine was the uh, the closing montage at the end. Okay. Yeah. Where it's like the, 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 what what could have been. Yeah. It was so well made, so well filmed. It was really fun to watch, and it was it was mm. just really interesting because like they went through so many different sets mm. that, that were there for just like what two seconds a piece or something, and mm. the the film crew clearly put a lot of effort in, yeah. and it came out so well. That's it looked great... so good, and it was a it was a fantastic closing to the film. I That's thought a... like the, the film would have been so much less. Without it, like nobody would even thought that it was going to win Best Picture if it didn't have that scene in it. That's um, that's a great. Bit. Obviously, it didn't. You know, it, oh, yeah. it, was, it, it, it was a close one, wasn't it? Like, yeah. <laughs> my family, my mom, papa, Jeff, homage, vous adore. Matt Pluff, you kicked this off. And Damien Chazelle, we're standing on your shoulders. We lost, by the way, but you know. I'm sorry. No, there's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. This is not a joke. I'm afraid they read the wrong thing. This is not a joke. Moonlight has won Best Picture. Moonlight, Best Picture. 
Drinking games. Drinking games. Let's get to it. Okay, so Let's do, do you guys want to start? Um, I'll do a drinking game every time Ryan Gosling plays a uh, piano. Oh yeah, that'll get you nice and sloshed. Yeah. So you'll be fucking Solid. wrecked. Solid. Yeah. Ah, you'll be absolutely spinned. Harry, drink every time Ryan Gosling talks about jazz. <laughs> <laughs> This you'll is music, it's jazz. Yeah. I, I, once again, I had to, we had we thought as one. My first one was, drink every time Ryan Gosling says the word jazz. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you will go blind. I love jazz. Yeah. jazz. It's jazz. Jazz is dying, but it's jazz. It's a tapas and samba place, but it should be jazz. <laughs> Does she like jazz? I don't jazz? know why it sounds all worse in there, but... <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> Any more? I do one for every time there's a... Uh, Call back to some Hollywood movie. Oh, it's very referential, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, the entire end sequence, I hate to spoil it for you, is a complete ripoff of uh, The Umbrella de Chibor. Oh, The Umbrella de Chibor. Oh, yeah. I know it's that film. Classical French film. Oh, my favourite. Yeah, classical French film. Yeah, no, no, I know it very well. So at the end and of it, sliding they... doors, obviously. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. yeah. The way they, they slide the doors and they... there's people being a car on a walkway. Yeah, yeah, I love that film. What, what, what are you doing? I love that film. Right, that that French classical film. No sliding doors is oh, like the. Oh, I meant the sound of music. Sorry. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Austrian, German, kind of ah. Uh, drink every time a stone goes high on the hill with a lonely <laughs> goat. <laughs> 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 so so much. <bad. laughs> ah, sorry, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gonna mix it. But yeah, no, it, is, it does reference a lot of classic cinema. It no, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would uh, definitely do a drink for every time it references another film. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, Harry? Drink for every mid-scene wardrobe change. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> is there many? Yeah, there, there's a, there's uh, a few. There's quite a lot. Yeah. Like, there's definitely when? I mean, well, there's the entire scene with her and her three housemates that's about her getting dressed. <laughs> right. But don't, <laughs> so don't forget that. Right. She's in a town and she puts on something. I'll give you that as one, but when is there another change? Are they all in the same thing? You have to call me out another one. I oh, think there is like a cut. I think there is sorry, like a, I can't help no, it. I do think there's a cut where it goes from like, we're in the bathroom to, we are dressed and we are ready to party. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we are in our primary colours and we are hitting the town. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, so I had uh, drink every time one or both of Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone does something horribly inconsiderate. <laughs> inconsiderate? So Ooh. I'll give you some examples. I've written down several. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have a full list here ready. Yeah. So when so, Ross calls you out, you have your list. Sure, yeah. So obviously, there's the scene where she, where he literally shoves her. Like she's like, oh, I just want to see your piano. I mean, that, yeah. that immediately. Wait, when does he shove her? Which when, when, when she when he's playing piano in the in the bar. I just heard you play and. All yeah. oh, right, so right. it's quite a gamble to make your romantic lead in the very first scene shove a woman. Like, no, yeah. hard. <laughs> like, yeah. So that also same scene when he's like. Oh, I'm so tortured. I can't play my jazz in this restaurant. I have to play like the most basic Christmas carol, which, which <laughs> fair enough. And then, but he kind of starts, and then so he starts. He's playing like you know, Silent Night. It's not even Silent Night. It's something so basic like it's Good King Wenceslas. It's like da 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 da. And fair enough, that's really dreary. But then he kind of sneaks in a little bit of jazz. He's riffing a bit, and I was like, okay, I'm sure the manager's not going to care about this. And then he just goes full Phantom of the fucking Opera. <laughs> he literally starts like pounding the keyboard, like boom, 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 boom. boom. Like, of course the diners don't want to hear this, you fucking prick. <laughs> like, just moderate, moderate. Phil, hey. thanks for having me back. You're welcome. I want you to know you're looking at a new man. Good. A man that's happy to be here. Excellent. 
Very easy to work with, man. Okay. And you're gonna play the set list. Happy to. Even though I don't think anyone cares what I play, but yeah. yeah. Well, if by anyone you mean anyone other than me, that would be correct. I care, and I don't want to hear the free jazz. Right. Okay. Although I, I, I thought in this town it worked on a sort of one for you, one for me type system. How about two for you, one for me? How about all for you and none for me? That's perfect, yes. Great. Okay. Okay, mutual decision then. Right, made, made by me. Right, and I sign off on it, so. Whatever, tell yourself what you want to know. Also, as a cinema goer, when she walks into that fucking screening of Rebel Without a Cause and she stands in front of the screen <laughs> to oh. find him. Yeah. No. I was like, sit the fuck down, bitch. It's my Black Panther issue, yeah. 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 Exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, I know. Not I'm, cool. I'm Not one. cool. Why did no one call her out on it? And finally, whenever he pulls up outside her house and rather than like knock on the door, just knock on the fucking door. But it's romantic. It's not. What is romantic about that? What is romantic about that? Harry, what is romantic with that? Oh, I'm that so is glad not I said romantic. That, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, so that that every time tells he, me you're right. Yeah, every time one of both of them is a prick, basically, take a drink. So. Every time he weeps up. Fucking horn. Yeah, that in itself is a drinking game. Yeah. Do you know what? I would say a drinking game every time a new colour is introduced to a dance. Oh, oh good shout. Yes. Good shout. Because they're in yellow and they're in blue. And then, it's oh, very oh, primary green. colours, yeah. Yep. Well, well, what I've got is drink for every time they try for an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> Which is solid. By like it, 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 it's, it's throughout four like, it's, going for, it's going to sweep the board. It wants to sweep the board, yeah. And yeah, but like did, for, yeah. for a lot of Oscars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, like that I mean, I think the sound engineer took a day off, but the rest. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have one more. Drink every time a black character is used only as a prop. Oh, oh my. A black character? <laughs> yeah, oh, as a, a black well, person in the film is only a prop. Well pointed out. Yeah, like, so there's the scene in the jazz where he takes us to the jazz bar. <laughs> he's like, look at these black people singing their black jazz. And this is the, this is the, this is the a white man explain it, explaining that this is what black people and black jazz means. And um, I mean, you're not the first person to say this, but I don't think there's anything wrong with a white person explaining to another white person what jazz is. Mm. No, no, I get it, but it was very just like white explaining. It, 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 it's a person who, who has an interest that has its roots in black culture. And it's not to say that there's anything wrong with a white person explaining it. No, it's not that, but the whole film was just a very, like, it had a very white perspective. Washed. Yeah, it's and a white, white yeah. yeah, it yeah, I, I, I will give you that, though, It happened yeah. a lot. It's just happened a little bit too much. Like, there's the scene, the City of Stars scene where he's walking on the pier and he sees the, the old black <laughs> couple dancing. He's like, oh, you t- aren't you too cute? Let me dance with you. Like, <laughs> and, like, at the end, like I said, when John Legend, who at least gets some lines, God, you know, but, like, at the end in the montage and it's like oh you know what would have made this film even better if the one black guy who had lines had had no lines <laughs> they literally say yeah, what would have made our romance work bye John Legend <laughs> right. don't talk to the black guy then, then we would have been fine would, is there anybody that you, you would have uh, recast to make this film a lot better like say instead of Ryan Gosling cast yeah, John totally. Legend I would have swapped Switch them around swap, swap them around completely mm. and that would have been perfect because that would have been like because that's yeah but he can't act I mean, okay, without he, making any opinion on John Legend's acting ability, but I mean, if you had someone like him, or Jamie Foxx, Jamie Foxx. Right, Jamie Foxx, what, because he done Charles or whatever? Like, well, he's music, like, musical. The thing is, that's the, because nah. John Legend is a soul singer, I know he does pop, but he also has a, yeah, he right. essentially has his roots in soul. When he's telling Ryan Gosling that he's he's not adapting and he needs to understand that, that music has to evolve and stuff, I believed him. And I was like, actually, Ryan Gosling is the one who's in the wrong here, like I said before. Whereas if you swap that around, that's really interesting. You've just fixed the movie. You've just fixed this movie for me. If you had, <laughs> no, if you had Jamie Foxx or John Legend as 
a struggling <laughs> jazz musician who really you believes can't in have a... Jimmy Fox, you cannot have Jimmy Fox. Okay, not Fox. okay well, well, somebody, I don't know who it is, you know, Chadwick Boseman, somebody. Chadwick Boseman who says he can play piano? I don't know. Somebody... Well, actually, Ryan Gosling didn't know how to yeah, play piano. Yeah, he can learn, he I can get learn. that, but like... The point I'm making, the point I'm making... If you were to if, get a black person if you have, to play If you have an character. African-American right. who is a real jazz purist and is really connected to the roots of his own culture <laughs> and is really offended by the fact that white people are co-opting his culture and diluting it and turning it into this pop stuff. Ooh. That's really interesting. And then you have a white guy played by Ryan fucking Gosling saying, you know what? Your music just has to evolve. And then he'd be like, fuck you, mate. Don't you tell him how to evolve his culture. <laughs> That's a much more interesting movie. <laughs> you know, you know, you know <laughs> if they did that, they could have won Best Picture. That would have been, yeah. That <laughs> yeah, would that, have been, yeah. Like, they could have done. And that, and that wouldn't have been a bad thing. No. But they, they technically did win Best Picture. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> technically. Uh. Guys, I'm sorry. No. This, there's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. Moonlight won. Come on, this is not a joke. Come this up. is not a joke. I'm afraid they read the wrong thing. This is not a joke. Moonlight has won Best Picture. Moonlight, Best Picture. So, before we get to our sequels, let's talk about Patreon. Patreon? What's Patreon? Well, you tell do me, t- Harry. Do- uh, okay, I'm telling. So, if any of you lovely fans do fancy supporting us on Patreon, we would be so, so happy. Essentially, if you love our podcast enough that you think that we deserve a little bit of money for it, then... That's going to help us quite a lot. It's going to help us keep the lights on. It's going to help us afford our train tickets up to Glasgow. Whoop, whoop. Thank you, guys. Yes, and we'd be very, very thankful. If you do, there is a little bit of bonus content involved for you. There's a lot of bonus content involved. A lot of bonus content, according to John. We have different standards. There's a lot of bonus content involved. There's it's a worth lot of, every penny. There's a lot of bonus content involved. It's worth every penny, I'm mm. told. So we're going to be putting out... We are putting out a lot of film reviews of yeah. just films you see in the cinema essentially at the moment we're doing our little road to the oscars um i know this episode's coming out on like the march 2nd or something so that will be out by now that's all available on patreon right now mm-hmm. we have a pay as you feel system so you can pay as much or as little as you like and you get all access to all the same bonus features you have the opportunity to choose a film that we'll cover on a future episode mm-hmm. uh, you can give us some details about yourself and become a character in one of our sequels and also, if you have any kind of brand or a podcast or a business or anything you want us to plug, we will offer you a 30-second ad slot on our show. And we're a top 10 show on iTunes, so that's you know, it's good publicity for you. And uh, actually, one of our patrons, our fabulous near namesakes, Fink Outside the Box Set. Close, close. Very, very close, yeah. Mm. They're supporting us, and they have sent us a 30-second ad for their show, which I highly recommend. It's a great show. And we're going to play the ad right now. We know you love box sets. And the area outside of them. Do you ever wonder what people see in artists like Garth Brooks and Insane Clown Posse? There's a lot of hidden value in this music, and we want to understand why people are so dedicated to these artists. We're Think Outside the Box Set, and we almost accidentally stole the name of Beyond the Box Set. Join me, Cameron DeWitt. And me, Nathan Hunt. As we listen to artists that many people dismiss, maybe for good reason. Check out boxset.website. Or your preferred podcatcher. You've tried the best, now try the rest. Let's get on to some sequels. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so do you guys want to go first or do you want us to go first? Uh, we all kind of do ours first. Yeah, we kind of need to walk through it. Ours is a kind of... Uh, one of those improv ones where... We they both kind of came start up filming. with like a similar idea and then we realised yeah. we're better just bouncing off each other because sure. we spoke about La La Land and we're like, 
this is the kind of ideas we had and then we found instant plot holes within like i was like nope that can't work because of this reason <laughs> and then we're just like yeah this is our vague mm. kind of plot line right right so um the end of the film in la land is five years later sure yeah yeah, yeah. right so it was just after that just after she's been in his club and watched him play jazz and she leaves and she looks at him and he looks back at her and it goes the end whatever just after that the sequel goes ryan gosling's been brought on to warner brothers studio as a like he's doing the the music for the film mm-hmm. he's the composer he's whatever so he's doing the music for her film and they're kind of working together oh, okay like, so she's making a feature film and he's been brought on as the composer yeah, of the score like much okay. like danny elfman or okay Steve, is it a uh, musical or is he just no no okay. but that's thing it's not a musical okay. the film the film is an 18 is it jazz no, it's an eighteen. <laughs> no. It's an eighteen. Oh, okay. Mm. I suggested, but Laura, I don't think was up for it. I suggested it's a noir, like a, a Lo- film noir, Logan okay. had oh, a noir. Interesting. Okay. I would have it black and white because the first film is so bright Purple. and colourful. Mm. Have it noir. We were kind of feeling like the whole thing about her sitting and a spotlight being on her and having this montage that nobody noticed that there was like this mm. instant break of like a connection mm-hmm. between them two. I, I mean, if I was her man, I would be like, "What? what's happening here? Kind of thing. <laughs> like no one noticed. So we kind of had the idea, which is, I don't know, the whole black and white thing just doesn't seem to work with me. Like I kind of like the whole colourful kind of thing. But like, you know, they get home and their husband kind of addresses the whole like, so what was that about? And she's like, nothing, nothing. And this whole kind of like secrecy thing comes okay. about. Like if there's been still a communication somewhere, not a lot, between Ryan and Emma. Facebook. These kind of... Some plug yeah, if you're going to introduce social media. I would say a Twitter. Maybe yeah. a Twitter. Something Maybe a like tweet. <laughs> there's been like communication and stuff between them both. And it's kind of like drifted off. And they've kind of been like, we need to end this. This needs to stop. Blah, blah, blah. And yeah, so she's now married to this new man and he's kind of like, what's this all about? Like, that, there was something there. And she's like, no, 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 let's just leave it. And then we had this, like, random kind of, like, idea that, like, the kid that you see at the end mm. is blonde. So that we're like, that's Ryan's baby. Wow. <laughs> right? But, now we're uh, talking. Yeah, so we kind of had this kind of, like, that doesn't, she's, the baby's not ginger and the baby's not dark haired. It's, like, blonde and we're like, oh my god what if they were talking and something had happened that you know that they had yeah. just randomly slept together and she's like do you know what no i'm into this new relationship with this guy this is never going to work because we're both trying to pursue different things and she falls pregnant and it's just one of those things that she has the baby and this guy knows that it's not his but is raising a kind of child as his own because she's so young and then they get put on the warner brothers like kind of mm-hmm. together yeah together and uh like he kind of has this whole like you know there's still there's so much chemistry between them because i think it reads really well in the first one that the husband investigates into the whole kind of like who is this guy and there's been like this like history between them and he finds out like the kid is his and there's just like this kind of like love triangle that kind of starts so um what you're saying is there's a there's an intrigue into who's the father so would you call it Dada land. Oh, 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 oh man, you've done I that. Just, like, like, I don't even care. You've won this. You've, you've won the podcast. I'm so happy with that. I'm so happy with that. <laughs> and that's the podcast over. 
So yeah, that uh, was our kind of... <laughs> so we call it Dada Land, I'm happy with that, yeah. Yeah, essentially. Like, it's not a massive, massive plot. I don't feel like that was the first one But as well. then I, I, um, I personally think that it should be that whoever this guy is, I'd like him to have been a Hugh Grant. He looks a bit like Hugh Grant with a kind of black and he's kind of got the island a wee it bit. It was Tom Everett Scott, that was it, yeah. What's he was, he, was, he was like Beverly Hills 9021 or something. He's like a, a, an aged teen star. I'm All sure. right, right. I, I thought he was like fucking late 40s, early 50s. I, well, I think, think he is now, but I mean, he was famous when he was younger. That's, I was like, oh, right. Tom Everett Scott. See, I would have liked to have had him being paranoid and thinking... Mm. Oh, that's not my baby. That baby's blonde. Blah, blah, blah. And that can happen with someone with black hair. Like, yeah. I've, I've seen this black couple had a white baby. Mm. So oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's just jeans, whatever. I'd have liked him to have... And I mean this in the nicest way possible. I don't mean any harm to her. To have brutally murdered Emma Stone in the movie. <laughs> and then to become a kind of making a murderer kind of documentary yeah, style. Yeah. Kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, he's throttled her to Oh, so it starts it. with Emma Stone being murdered and then it's like, is it like documentary style? Yeah, like, I'd have loved that. Talking at interviews. I'd love that. I'd love that kind of version of it being like, mm. is he innocent? Is he guilty? Is that his baby? Is it not? Yeah. I think it'd be uh, great. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I like that a lot. I like yeah. that a lot. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Dada Land. <laughs> that's your buzzing. That's the best joke I've ever made in my life. <laughs> and it's been recorded. And it's honestly, like... honestly, right on, on record. Right here on record on someone else's podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Share this skip what, you two. Two? what was your idea? Oh, it was up to us. Harry, are you ready for this? Oh, right. Oh, did you do one together? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a pair. All right. So this is a bit of a two-hander. Labour of love. It is. Well, we had four and a half <laughs> hours on a train to come up with this, so <laughs> forgive us if it strays. So for us, we thought, well, all of that is very American, isn't it? Uh-huh. So what would it be like if there was some kind of British alternative? <laughs> Something like that. Which leads to the first question, where do you set it? Obviously, this is in LA, hence La La Land, right, which so is yeah. the nickname for LA, I think. Is yes, it, it is. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. So we decided, well, what's the British version of LA? La 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 London. Mm, it's Scarborough. <laughs> <laughs> At least the Blackpool fucking hell, Scarborough. <laughs> well, Blackpool was our first choice, but we went with Scarborough afterwards. So uh, we're going with uh, Scar Scar Land. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> and we're doing this as a, as a remake oh it's a remake okay yeah so we're gonna re- recast it with with british actors <laughs> and uh so we thought who are the Brit- who are the british van gosling and emma stone and uh <laughs> well there, there were a couple of choices that we went through like initially we went through a bit of a pop star phase where we started off with uh, Paloma Faith and Ollie Murs. Oh, Ollie Murs. I love a bit of Ollie Murs. I'm up for that. But yeah. we moved past that. John's uh-huh. idea was uh, Peter Andre and Katie Price. Because yeah. <laughs> they were together a while and they had that terrible album they released together where they sang songs together. Oh, yeah. I didn't know they did an album together. Oh my God, if you've not heard Katie Price and Peter Andre singing A Whole New World, you have not lived. A yes. whole new world. It's terrible and I love it. <laughs> Ah, can I wait to hear that? That is my night sorted. In the movie, though, doesn't it? Like, (laughs) that's Um, their city of stars, basically. But in the end, we settled with um, uh, actors from Gavin and Stacey. (laughs) Yes, I've been watching Gavin and Stacey. Ruth Jones and James James Corden. Corden. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. I've been watching Gavin and Stacey. Mia and Sebastian. I love it. I love it. I've I've generally sat. I've sat and rewatched three series of that. 
when I was receiving it. So I'm <laughs> everything about Gavin and Stacey. I'm right up for this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, so I'm really hoping Stacey is the friend who you don't see again because I hate Stacey and Gavin and Stacey. You, you, may, you may have. So, um, <laughs> you, you, you may have done that. So a little bit of a, just a little setup essentially. So Sebastian James Corden, he's running a karaoke place. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we're on. thinking like, come on, British version of yep. uh, a British version of jazz. <laughs> karaoke, <laughs> that innate British tradition that we have. Uh, so he's running a karaoke place in um, Scarborough. A Scarborough karaoke. <laughs> what um, can I ask? What's a Scarborough accent? Can any of you do it for me? I couldn't tell you. Harry's going to do some Welsh in this because there's some Welsh. Oh, I'm so buzzing to hear that. Go on. <laughs> that'll come. That'll we'll, come. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. get we'll, to that. We'll, get we'll see, we'll see how this goes. I may break into Indian. <laughs> it, it, it's it's a fairly standard accent to break into after Welsh. I mean, I am Welsh, so <laughs> <laughs> I happen to go Indian. <laughs> Sebastian is running a karaoke place, but he wants to... His dream, essentially, is to be doing a karaoke place that specialises in just cheesy 80s rock numbers. Like right. power ballads. Yeah. Mm. So, but um, John... unfortunately, everyone only ever does like rap pack and swing stuff. Like, you know, sort of Frank Sinatra sort of So it's the, it's the reverse, so it's like he hates jazz, but everyone... But you know how... Have you ever been to karaoke? I'm sure you have. Of course. You know, how, you know how when you go to a karaoke bar, like everyone just wants to sing like Celine Dion and, you know, Journey and all the great, all the good power ballads. But there's always one old man who insists on singing fucking Frank Sinatra. And you can just... You can smell the failed dreams. John, um, could you maybe give us an example of what you mean? What, what do you want me to sing? Well, some failed Dream 50 song. Well, you know, like, I, I'm not a singer, but like, like you know, so maybe a bit of Fly Me to the Moon. Exactly, or... I was going to say, yeah. There's always some old guy in a karaoke bar who, like, takes up the whole room and is like, Fly me to the moon and let me sing among the stars. Oh, he's good. Thank you. In other words. Um, yeah, so. Dream me true. So that's happening. Your yeah. song? I'm yeah. pretty sure it's not. Ross sang that at one of our yeah, karaoke Don't be yeah, that old man. Don't be better. Don't be that old man. Yeah, Ross sang that at our very first karaoke session. Damn. I'm not going to lie. He got up and caused the ball. I you mean, John looked the fool and you've made me look the fool. <laughs> anyway, go on, Harry. So Mia, which is Ruth Jones, Jones and love it. she is trying to become a dancer. And uh-huh. she's trying to make, make a career as a dancer. But he's currently only working just behind the trippy. In, in the Scarborough Fish and Chip store, yeah. Yes. Amazing. Which yeah, sounds about right, doesn't it? Yeah. So, you want to take it, okay? So, we begin. Act one. Summer. You know, <laughs> you know the film... <laughs> you know the film is separated into seasons? Sorry, we, we've gone all out on this. Yeah. All, all yeah, out. Time, yeah. So, act one. Summer. The movie opens, as the original film does, with a big choreographed dance number set on the Scarborough beach. Everyone's arguing about beach space. Yeah, everyone's got to get their <laughs> towel space in. Like, uh, like, like it's summer. Like, like we pretend we have sun here in Britain, but it's not. It's real. very patchy, yeah. and you know, there's like some, like a meter of sun for like the whole beach. Okay. So I'm thinking we open with like <laughs> a another meter of sun. <laughs> so we open with like a like a, a wide shot, like overhead shot of like all these like towels on this horrible grainy Scarborough beach, and everyone's like you know fighting for space and like you know arguing, and but then suddenly. They stop arguing and suddenly like the band kicks in and there's a whole big song and dance number but it's another day of sun. Well, it should be actually it's another day of sun. sun. <laughs> and and they do have a big old song and dance number ending with them all going back to arguing over the patchy sunlight on the beach. And this is where we first meet up with Sebastian and Mia who are themselves both on the beach trying to find the right space to sunbathe for a bit. 
and you know that they argue maybe there's a bit of finger pointing you know a bit of this a bit of like middle up middle finger yeah and then they move on and they don't see each other again we then follow sebastian home let us not forget sebastian is, is james corden um <laughs> so we follow him home we're, he meets his sister who's of course played by joanna page who played Stacey. Uh, <laughs> <I'm laughing laughs> and his flat, like, so in the original film, Ryan Gosling's flat is like a shrine to jazz mm-hmm. and all the old jazz stars. Whereas James Corden's version of Sebastian, because he's a karaoke star, his flat is an ode to like cheesy pop stars. Yeah. <laughs> so framed on his wall, he's got a pair of leather trousers that Robbie Williams split <laughs> when he was performing live at Nebworth in 95. So... <laughs> And so Joanna's like walks into the flat. Joanna Page walks into the flat. The sister starts pouring a drink into a glass and he goes, don't drink out of that bottle. That's the bottle that Mel C spat in at Party in the Park in 1997. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Amazing. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, look, you can't keep just doing karaoke all your life. That's not a career. You, look, you've, you've got a voice you can sing. Why not do some more function gigs? Just sing some jazz. Sing some, you know, sing some swing. People like that. You'll get gigs. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm a pop boy. I like my pop. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, look, I've heard there's a local band playing and they really needed a new singer for like wedding gigs and stuff. I've got, look, I've got you a tuxedo. Will you please just try it on? Because you, you need to start dressing to impress to get these kind of gigs. Amazing. And he's like, he's like, no, 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 no. That's not me. That's not who I am. She's like, look, what have I told you that this is the, t- the tuxedo that Rod Stewart shat himself in in 1988? <laughs> is that true? Does he? Well, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, that's so offensive. <laughs> is it true? <laughs> <laughs> Side plot, another thing that's happened is that he has applied to go on the TV show Come Down With Me. <laughs> as has... As has... As has Mia. <laughs> <laughs> oh so I should have brought that earlier. I should have brought that earlier. <laughs> he's like struggling to get it presenter. And he's like... Do you know what I need? I need to go and come down. It's easy money. It's a thousand pounds to cook a fucking dish. A thousand pounds for a pasta bake, wouldn't you? <laughs> so yeah, so he's gone and come down with me. As it turns out, so is Mia. So the sister Stacey's like, look, you know, you know what? A, you need to start dressing properly and getting these wedding gigs. B, if you're going to do be on come down with me, you need to clean this flat up because it's full of pop star shit and it looks ridiculous. <laughs> If you're gonna win, if you're gonna got any chance of winning this, tidy the place up. So anyway, we cut to some time later, a few weeks later, and come down with me. The filming happens. So obviously, you know, on the show, come down with me. For anyone who doesn't know, it's a TV show in Britain where you're, it runs four nights a week, and each you're a group of four people who live in the same town will all go to each other's houses and cook each other a meal. And it'll be filmed four nights a week, and basically at the end of the week, they'll all vote, give each other scores, and the person who threw the best in the party wins a thousand pounds. That's the show. It's been running for like 15 years and it's great. Has it been running that long? It's so old, yeah. But it's um, so good. I, it's uh, have you watched it? It's so watchable. Like, it's so shit, but it's so watchable. A friend of mine was on it. He was on the couples version mm. and they do a three couples yeah. and they won the thousand pounds. Oh, man. And then they split up. Oh. <laughs> they were married. Did they, did like, they get... 500 each? I think they'd spent it. They didn't yeah. go and just render, but I think they'd spent it ready. <laughs> oh. and they were like, right, we're splitting up now. I don't know if that was just the ambition. Let's just get married to Did go they... on. <laughs> yeah. Did they get That's a it? big commitment to win a thousand pounds on Come Down <laughs> All I know is they won it and then they sure. split up. Okay. Oh. So anyway, Come Down Me filming comes, as I mentioned. So Mia, as in Ruth Jones, and Sebastian, James Gordon, they both individually applied to be on Come Down Me Scarborough edition. So... 
They're both contestants, as are two other people who don't matter. So her night, her <laughs> night comes up first. She serves a meal, which is fine. And then as her kind of after dinner entertainment, she does a whole song and dance number. Well, she does a dance routine. And it's really embarrassing. She's like high kicking and like she's doing all the choreo and everyone's like, oh dear God. You know, the really embarrassing contestants go on. It's like, oh God, uh-huh. no. Love it. Then it gets to his night. He's the last one of the four. So on the last night when they all do the voting. So he does his night, he serves them the meal. And then his, his post meal entertainment is of course karaoke. So he gets up there and he sings a passionate version of Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. <laughs> so he stood in his living room like, whoa, we're halfway there. And again, it's really cringy. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Also, obviously, in Come Down Me, there's always the scene where they go like rooting through the, the, the house. Like they film all the <laughs> So the root, they, 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 you see everyone else rooting through like, oh my God, are they Robbie Williams' split trousers? <laughs> <laughs> Did Rob Stewart shit in this? <laughs> <laughs> they, so all of that combined means that they mark him very low. Also, his, his cooking's for shit, so he doesn't get. He, he comes last, basically. You know, and that's, you know, that's a shambles. Yeah, you know that's, that's the, always, the most embarrassing bit of come down. It is when they read out the scores. It's like and in fourth place is, and they're always mortified. Yeah, they're so, sh- so short. <laughs> yeah. So basically, he comes last and throws a massive tantrum. He's one of those bad contestants who has a massive mm. hissy fit. So then Mia, Ruth Jones is like well, after the scores have been read out. She doesn't win either. Like someone else wins. She comes like second or third, whatever. And so she goes up to him after he's had this tantrum. She's like. I actually thought your singing was really good. And he just goes, he just storms past her and shoves her, walks through the door. He does the whole tantrum thing. He's like, fuck you. And he leaves. Love it. He storms out and then cut scene. And then we get to act two. Act two. Autumn. (laughs) Harry. A few months later, they're both at a wedding at the function room of a local travel lodge. (laughs) He's reluctantly singing a Frank Sinatra number and she is a guest. She recognises him from Come Dine With Me. And goes up to him and makes a request. She asked the band to play At Last by Ed <laughs> James. At last, my lonely No. That one? That's the song. <clears throat> Hold on. At That's last, what, uh, my love has come along. Thank you. Okay, we can't afford the royalties that I've so we are going to cut that. <laughs> <laughs> I've done little bits of riffing, but that's how it is. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure this is that a lot. I've done all right. You sang the wrong words. On you go. I've done that deliberately, so don't have to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> so she asked the band to play at last, better James, which he hates but has to do because you know, it's a request. Mm-hmm. So when he finishes the set, he goes up to her and says. Oh, Etta James, how cute. You know I only sing the power ballads. <laughs> <laughs> she teases him back. And when the party finishes, they walk off together, looking for a car. A silver Peugeot 108. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, everybody in Scarborough drives a silver Peugeot 108. <laughs> <laughs> so she's walking round. Try- <laughs> Go on. <laughs> so they 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 walk down looking for the car and they, they, they can't find it and uh, well they decide to walk to the end of the pier via of course the uh, the arcades. Where, oh, have you ever been to Scarborough? Yeah, it's an arcade, yeah. Where uh, James Corden has a quick stop at the two P machines. Where he wins himself a pack of uh, candy cigarettes, which he smokes the rest of the film just to look cool. <laughs> That's what I mentioned to you earlier about the fucking the two P machine. Oh, I love the 2P machines. He, I went to Scarborough for my birthday last year. He spent literally about 25 quid on the 2P machine. <laughs> 21 pounds. 21 pounds. So then uh, when you get to the end of the pier, that's where we've where we've remade the, the famous dance scene. You know in the main film where they're 
sort of at the park bench. Oh, what a lovely and there's like the yeah. sunset behind them. So here it's it, it's the end of, of Scarborough Pier. <laughs> We're looking out onto the gloomy ocean. It's autumn. It's not very nice. It's really really windy. <laughs> it's very cold. And they're both trying to pretend that it's not raining. <laughs> oh, so she's a classic Scarborough girl. So she's only wearing like a low cut dress. And she's <laughs> on the brink of hyperthermia. <laughs> so a few days later. So that all worked out well, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a few days later, they're walking down to prom. Just talking. He's gone off on one about how amazing karaoke is. She says, look, I have to tell you something. I hate karaoke. He's gassed and immediately insists on taking her to his favourite karaoke bar. <laughs> he talks to her about how amazing karaoke is. <laughs> it's always changing. It's always different. <laughs> There's a couple singing, Love Lift Us Up Where We Belong. And he says stuff like, Listen to them. Listen how they're playing off each other. He totally didn't expect her to bring in that key change and now he's just got to go with it. <laughs> but with, meanwhile, there's like these two like horrible things like, Love lift us up where we belong where the eagles fly. And he's like, just listen to those chord progressions. <laughs> he tells her he dreams of opening his own karaoke bar and running it the old-fashioned way with lyrics on the screen and free shots every hour. <laughs> she gets a call to say that she is on audition to be a dancer in a touring musical. It's going to be full of big pop songs, very Mamma Mia. <laughs> <laughs> to which he sings a few lines of, of Dancing Queen. And she looks blank, as though like she doesn't know what Dancing Queen is. All right, she hasn't So he up. says, <laughs> You haven't seen it. Oh my. Oh my. <laughs> That's my least favourite line in the film when he goes, oh my, oh my. <laughs> I hate it. So he makes a date with her to go and see Mamma Mia at the local Cineworld. <laughs> they get like unlimited cards or something yeah. like that. Like, <laughs> He's got a loyalty, yeah. Okay. Wednesday, two for one. <laughs> Mere cat movies. Yeah, 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 cat movies. Two for one on a Wednesday. But she discovers that she has actually uh, mixed up her date and is supposed to be meeting her boyfriend at Weatherspoons that night. Oh, oh Spoons! So she's sitting there, staring at her phone, and she realises that this just it's just not where she wants to be. Similar to La La Land. <laughs> so she says, sorry, love. Runs out, knocking over a pint, running in heels to the cinema, <laughs> where she obnoxiously stands in front of the screen trying oh. to find him. Oh. Seb! Seb, are you in here? <laughs> it's Seb! Seb! I hate her already. <laughs> what bastard. So she finds him and they sit down, they watch the film together. It's great. The date goes well. And then it's with them going separate ways, but you know, it's, it's a good date. Whatever. When it's done, we end with him singing uh, instead of City of Stars, we thought we'd go City of Scar. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so he's wandering down the pier singing a song. Um, he's wandering past stag parties, hen nights, women in pink, cowboy hats, and feather bows. <laughs> um, there's drunk homeless just like sitting on the side. And oh, it's awful. At the start of the song, like, I'm, I'm not going to like sing out the song or anything. No, I'm, I think I'm, you should I'm, sing I'm not that kind I of think you should sing it. I think you should sing it. I think you should sing it. I can't sing. Anyway, no, um, I don't know no. the words. I don't know the words. Boo. Okay, you can sing. But as the song starts, we see someone in the background. It says, which is 
think about some sort of background activities to happen while the song's going on because we can't write what, like okay. a song and dance yeah. so he's just wandering around in a dream world like Ryan Gosling singing this beautiful song about Scarborough yeah. so at the start of the song we see someone in the background just throwing up and just sort of passing out <laughs> on the floor Classic, classic Saturday Night Scarborough, you know. Someone just dying on the pier. Um, yeah, no, that's fine. Second verse, the police arrive, oh. and it's like we see flashing lights and everything. Um, and he, and like Ryan Gosling, just goes off to the end of the pier and sings, James Corden. sings whatever he is. Sing um, guy. <laughs> just, uh, just sing, sings whatever he's got to sing, and then by the end, we go back to to where that place was, and in the background, we see just a chalk outline. <laughs> <laughs> So you, you you guessed it. You cracked that. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> so that's the end of Act 2. That's the end of Act 2. So, Act 3, Winter. So, some time has passed, and Mia and Sebastian, aka James Corden, Ruth Jones, are in a relationship. He's now taken a job as the lead singer of a successful local wedding band, singing lots of classic jazz and swing, even though he hates it. He's making plenty of money, but he has so many weekend gigs, he never has time to take it down the pub anymore. <laughs> Meanwhile, she did get the Mamma Mia gig, so she's now doing regional tours of this kind of Mamma Mia style oh. kind of musical. <laughs> regional tours. Regional, yeah, all the regional theatres, yeah. Like. What's in the going around the country? They're doing Scarborough, mm. they're doing Brighton, they're off, doing. Off, 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 off Broadway, yeah. So. You know, they're, they're doing Blackpool. <laughs> <laughs> they're doing oh, Glasgow. Hey, but it's not hey, I would say hi. hi. Well, <laughs> no, sorry, no. sorry, I would want that to come to Glasgow, mm. to be honest. I apologise that I cut deep there. Yeah. Okay. Bet. They're doing leads. Call Fucking. So consequently, they're not spending a great deal of time together. So one night they have what starts as a romantic meal together, but sadly it does devolve into a massive fight, and they accuse each other of not living their dreams properly anymore. And Mia kind of says, "Do you even like the music you're singing? You haven't sung a power ballad in months." <laughs> and Seb goes, "Yeah, well, you don't even like Abba." And they have a huge fight, <laughs> and they end up breaking up. It's very sad. It's very sad, guys. It's sad. Uh, yeah. um, it sounds very emotional. They've just broken up. She's very depressed, and but she's still got to continue this regional tour of Mamma Mia, and she's doing a gig, playing in one of the venues. And during the interval, she goes to the bathroom, and in the next cubicle, she hears these two women bitching about her. And they're saying, oh, this show, that third dancer on the left, what a donkey, no rhythm whatsoever. She is the worst part of this show. So she obviously is very upset. And she's like, you know what? I'm leaving the business. There's too much rejection. I can't take all this criticism. She's like, I'm out. And then that's the end of that act. We move on to... Act four. Spring. Sometime later, they've been apart for a while. And um, James Corden... Sebastian. Sebastian. Sees a flyer um, saying that Britney Spears is coming to town. By town, I mean Scarborough. Oh, she is. She I want to point this out. This is not a joke. Yeah, Britney no, Spears she, is, is playing Scarborough. Like, yeah. You're joking? <laughs> no, I'm not joking. No. She, well, she, like now. Well, like, not, not tonight. Not, not but... today. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going? <laughs> but like, it's happening. So, sometime later, they've been apart. He sees the fly. The Britney Spears coming to town. She's going to be auditioning dancers for her world tour right here Ooh. in Scarborough. Well. He's like, well, that'd be perfect for me. So he races down to the trippy where he knows that she still works. <laughs> what? Yes, like, that's where she is. <laughs> Racing down to the trippy. His effort's a bit of shot. He's getting that last roll. She says, oh, no, I'm, I'm not doing it anymore. There's no way. There's no way. And Seb says, well, you, you have to. It's your, it's your dream. It's your dream. You've got to do this. And so she agrees. 
And, uh, well, the next morning he picks her up in his Peugeot 108. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And drives her to the... John, you've written here, he drives her to the Britney. To the Britney, the Britney. The Britney auditions. auditions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She goes in, stands in front of Britney and a couple of other judges. And, uh, well, Britney says, take me on a journey through dance. (laughs) Which, of course, she does. So this is a remake now of the famous audition scene which she won an Oscar for where she sings a song or so, whatever. So wait, my, my question is, Britney's in that audition scene? Yeah, Britney is one of the head judges. Right, so like, you're going to have to pay for Britney to appear in this film? Just, yeah. I don't know what your budget is, but I'm just saying, think about that. Look, we can large, afford Ruth large. Jones, we can afford Britney. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it's an Oscar win film mm. that's getting a sequel. Yeah, well, yeah. You're yeah. saving money by filming in, like... In Scotland, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's <laughs> already there. She yeah. doesn't have to travel. Like, <laughs> I've thought of it. So she performs this emotional interpretive dance where she's she's high kicking, she's thrusting. Now, can you just imagine Ruth Jones doing this, by the yes. way? Yes, yes. <laughs> great, great. So high kicking, thrusting, while also reflecting on her relationship with James Corden. It ends with her dropping into the splits. Ah, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> so she drops into the splits and then fade to black. Oh. Oh. So act five. Oh, five acts? What is this, a Shakespearean it's play? It's five of 17. It's like five <laughs> of five. Like five. <laughs> no, we're wrapping up, we're wrapping up, we're wrapping up. We're so, getting up. <laughs> we cut to five years later. So, Brittany has burned out. Oh, okay. Shock. No. You know, she shaved her head, she went nuts. <laughs> so, one night, Mia was on stage with Britney Spears dancing, and Britney had a complete meltdown. She spontaneously shaved her head. She went off on a bender somewhere. And Ruth Jones slash Mia took over for the night. Controversially, she she went on stage as the lead. And, um, yeah, it was a risk, but it paid off. The crowd loved her. So now she's become a pop sensation in her own right. She's a superstar. So now she's performing around the world, selling out tours under her new stage name, Lady Gaga. Oh, <laughs> no way! Love it. And she's using crazy costumes and attention-grabbing stage gimmicks to mask the fact that she's actually a middle-aged Welsh woman from Scarborough. Amazing. <laughs> I love it. So her world tour comes back to Scarborough as kind of a homecoming, a triumphant homecoming gig. So after the gig, she and her current boyfriend, Justin Timberlake, (laughs) are walking along Scarborough promenade and uh, they hear the faint sounds of Don't Stop Believing by Journey on the wind. Oh my God. (laughs) Like, don't stop. (laughs) So they step inside this bar, which is called Seb's. Uh, and as she walks in, she realises it stands for Scarborough's Elegant Bar of Singing. No. Oh my god, no way, you did not just do that! Just dropped an acronym on your ass, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did not see that coming Boom. Am I going to make this a nightmare yeah. for by clapping, but yeah. that's fine. Right. The owner and comper is, of course, Sebastian, aka James Corden. So she's there with Justin Timberlake, she's sat in the audience, and their eyes meet across the crowd. And James Corden, Sebastian, looks into her eyes. And starts belting out a really impassioned karaoke version of I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. Yes. So imagine that. So as she watches him doing this amazing performance, we see the fantasy of the two of them replaying their entire relationship with what might have been. Yes. But, you know, in the end sequence, we see in the alternate reality, he actually joined her on tour, on the Britney tour, opening as an Enrique Iglesias tribute act. <laughs> <laughs> because who is more karaoke than Enrique Iglesias? Oh, God, <laughs> I can be your hero, baby. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. So they travel the world together. They live happily ever after. Yes. 
And the film ends back in reality. Justin Timberlake gets his one line of the film. He's like, let's get out of here, babe. I'm on stage with Janet in five. So, <laughs> <laughs> so with one... With... <laughs> So with one last lingering look, she walks away and the credits roll over romantic scenery shots of Scarborough after a Saturday night. So it's going to be like romantic piano music playing, credits roll, and just like close-ups on like piles of sick and like uh. pink feather boas and cowboy hats just like blowing in the wind and uh, end of film. Oh. Finny. Oh. So that was, so, so that was uh, Scar Scarland. I know we took you on a journey there. It took a while. That's amazing. Um, Scar Land. that's what me. it would be. Oh, that was fucking brilliant. Him. That was amazing. I just, um, I just want to see fucking Justin Timberlake and Ruth Jones as a couple. I think they'd make a good match. I'd, I'd watch that, a film or a TV show. I don't know. I'd, I'd watch it. No, I'd watch that 100%. Great. Oh, yes. That is hilarious. Okay, listener submissions. Yes, listener submissions. As you can imagine, our listeners had a lot of thoughts on this film. Mm-hmm. So we had some really good ones. So here are some of my favourite of the sequel ideas that our listeners submitted to us. Colin Nichols' idea was Lilu Land. It's all the same, except Emma Stone's character is played by Mila Jovovich from Fifth Element. Ah, I like that. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Yeah, that works cool. well. Yeah. Matthew Van Zant Lucas said, Car Car Hand. Okay. As in, shit in your hand. Uh, yeah. uh... <laughs> Not great. Um, <laughs> Hunter Bjork Graham says, Blah Blah Bland. The most boring <laughs> film of the Wins an Oscar anyway, then. Jessica Gambling said, Far La La Land, a Christmas version. It's insufferable. <laughs> Scar Scar Land, Rude Boys on Ice. That was from uh, Brian Hunt. That's our title. Sorry? That's our title. But not Scar as in Scarborough. Scar as in like the music of like No Doubt or... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. La La Land Before Time. <laughs> the story of a dinosaur with a slight stutter, but by God she overcomes it. <laughs> That's Ollie Polly Brady. Jim Harper says Na Na Land. Ryan Gosling walks into a jazz club and the manager of the club says, nah, the end. (laughs) (laughs) Carissa Smith, this is more of a visual gag, but I'll say it anyway. Carissa Smith says she has three sequels. So obviously the original is called La La Land. She suggests Tinky Winky Land, Dipsy Land, (laughs) and Poland. Poland, (laughs) Poland. oh my God. Yes, you got that. Yeah. Uh, Sean Gleason just said, "Uh, I thought you meant Moonlight. Oh, no. too soon! Too soon! Too soon. <laughs> Got us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Phil Catterall said, "La la la wait, la wait, la." Wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is it with you? You guys Nobody getting ice cream vans at like half eight in the evening? Yeah, <laughs> it's winter. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? So this is going to involve some really stretching my vocal abilities, but I'll do my best. Phil Catterall says, la 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 la, la 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 la, dooby dooby doo doo. Ah! Land, the mini Ripperton story. <laughs> <laughs> la la Lilo and Stitchland, this oh. time animated and also set in Hawaii. La la Land of the Dead, starts mm. the same, but they end up caught up in the land of the zombie apocalypse. That's James mm-hmm. Pekowski. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sarah Ift Decker says, white people save hip hop this time. <laughs> 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 Brian Hunt like it. Brian Hunt suggested La La Llama same movie but reenacted entirely with a cast of llamas <laughs> <laughs> False Starts Podcast at False Starts Pod already had this joke but uh, it's a mistake guys they're actually doing Moonlight 
as in this podcast is actually about Moonlight. So, oh. very good. Uh, it would have been funny if I hadn't already said that joke, but never mind. Uh, ono Lip Class, at Ono Lip Class Pod. Uh, they both get hit by a bus while performing a complicated dance routine in the middle of LA traffic. <laughs> while in the hospital, they collaborate on turning the experience into a musical. It's a smash hit, so of course Sebastian now hates it and distances himself from it because he's a massive hipster. <laughs> he leaves the show mid-performance. Mia runs out after him, following him into the street, where they have a fight about success and authenticity and admit they both still love each other. They're both then hit by another bus. End of movie. <laughs> Jesus. Dark, that's... yeah. Uh, cinema Recall Ooh. at Cinema underscore Recall. Escape from La La Land. Snake Pliskin from Escape from New York. Mm. And Emma Stone's character must rescue Ryan Gosling after he's kidnapped by J.K. Simmons and forced to play piano for an evil dictator, Mickey Mouse, who only allows him to play Disney tunes and nothing else. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, Ross Burton at RB Circus Act. Wait, yep. have I heard of that guy? No. Okay. La La La, I'm Not Listening Land. <laughs> Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone staunchly <laughs> refuse to listen to each other's opinions. Actually, wait, that's the plot of the original. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. uh, Claire McCallan at Manic Pixie 88 The sequel would star Mia's Mia singing the song she sings at the end of the first movie for two hours because it's my favourite part and I'm really fucking good at singing that song. <laughs> Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Would it win an Oscar? Probably not. Would it annoy the entire world? Of course. <laughs> good for you, Claire. You do you. Um, and finally, Blokebusters at Blokebusters says... La La Land, the first in a four-film series. A Mad Max-style world is controlled by the Teletubbies. One man is determined to take them down and restore order. He travels to La La Land with one goal, to kill La La and start an uprising. <laughs> Raise it Arthur, really? <laughs> <laughs> and those are our listeners submissions that week, so thank you guys. Wow. Great stuff. Uh, if you have a sequel idea for La La Land, or any film that we might have done in the past, please let us know. We are Beyond the Box Set. You can find us at beyondtheboxset.com. Our podcast is available at all good podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, you name it, we're on it. You can also contact us on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Beyond the Box Set. If you like the show, please hit subscribe on your chosen podcasting app and leave us a review because it really helps us to find new listeners. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Beyond the Box Set. Or you can buy some merch at tpublic.com forward slash Beyond the Box Set. Very Close enough. I'll just search beyond the box at Auntie Public. Yeah, yeah. We've got, we've got some t shirts. Buy some t shirts. Give us your money. So, uh, thanks, guys, for coming on the show. Thank you. Anytime. So, do you want to give another quick plug to What You Talking About? Uh, yeah, we do a, a podcast called What You Talking About. We do kind of we look at movies that one of us haven't seen before. And uh, in Scotland, we kind of say, instead of what are you talking about, we sometimes say, what are you talking about? It's just kind of a Scottish way of saying it, but it's a lot more slang than that. It's quite understandable. You say, what are you talking about? And where can you find uh, us? Exactly. Well, you find us on iTunes or SoundCloud, YouTube. If you go forward slash W-Y-T-A pod, pretty much on anywhere you'll find us. Uh, You can find us on Gmail, at YouTube, uh, whatever, um, iTunes. uh, You can come on SoundCloud and find our link and then you can subscribe to his on iTunes or whatever I don't actually know what I'm saying right now, <laughs> I don't know what I'm... I think, I I think what Ross is doing is giving you a flavour of the podcast, it's delightfully <laughs> rash <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's, like, that's a compliment so drunk <laughs> I'm not that drunk, I think I w- genuinely what I think I'm saying is totally fine and you're looking at me going I cannot understand you <laughs> pretty much 
But I mean, if you want to laugh and yeah. he does talk absolute shit for an hour. <laughs> they are very funny and they do great musical impressions. Yeah, <laughs> you basically just do impressions and talk about a movie every week. More than likely, Ross hasn't seen it and I have. I say I like it. Ross says he, ha- he doesn't like it. And uh, that's basically the postcard. But uh, yeah, we take anyone that's uh, thinking of classic movies that we haven't seen. We go and watch them separately and then we come back and we uh, talk about it for about an hour. Um, yeah, lots of fun. Thanks, guys. Uh, so next week we are having a podcast crossover again. Oh, this is part God. of our Patreon. two in a row. Well, this is because how people... dare they? I know. Excuse me. This is because other podcasters are being very kind and supporting us on Patreon. And uh, so our next week we're going to be joined... oh, it's Patreon post. Oh, it is. Pa- it's a so, Patreon week. We're thank going to do you, guys. Once a month. Yeah. Basically, if you as I you mentioned, pay, you've paid my bills for the month. Yeah. <laughs> as I mentioned earlier, if anyone. <laughs> Would like to support us on Patreon. It's not obligatory, but if you would like to guest on the show, we will of course inv- we will invite one Patreon supporter every month to select a film for us to do. And if you want to join us on the show, we will be happy to have you. And so next week we're having our delightful friends at Think Outside the Box Set are going to be joining us live from America. Think Outside the Box Set appearing on Beyond the Box Set. Yeah, it's synergy. It's fabulous synergy. And I've been waiting. Mm, I've been waiting months for this. And they've chosen to do the film Amelie. A lovely, whimsical French film. Oh, all right. I've not seen Amelie. Yeah, well, you will have this time next week. You will have done, hopefully. <laughs> okay, well, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I hope. Sorry. I've heard it's good. It's a great, great film, yeah. Okay, good. So thanks again to uh, Laura and Ross from Witchy Talking Boot. Thank you. Anytime. And uh, yeah, we have been Beyond the Box Set. And join us next week with Think Outside the Box Set for Amelie. Bye. Bye. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.